Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am thrilled to be joined today by bilingual sports reporter and anchor for CBS Miami, Samantha Rivera. Samantha talks about the danger in limiting yourself, the stiff arm that went viral, her awesome career journey, and so much more. It's a great one, so let's get to it. Don't forget to rate, review, and enjoy. Samantha, thank you so much for joining me today. Forget my job. I have been very excited to have you on the show. Yes, thank you so much for having me and, and thinking of me to to be on here with you. I appreciate it. Absolutely. So I'm going to have us jump right in and have you start. This is how I have everybody start, but I just think it's such a great way to get to know someone quickly. But if you could take us through your professional journey that has led you to CBS Miami. Yeah, absolutely. So I went to DePaul University in Chicago. I'm originally from the Chicagoland area, so I stayed home. And it's funny, I never thought I would be in broadcast. I always thought I was going to be a preschool teacher, but it wasn't until a journalism class in high school that kind of changed everything for me. So I decided to go to DePaul, really just wanting to focus on print. I wanted to write for a newspaper. I fell in love with telling stories. And I, I played volleyball in high school, and then I got hurt, so I had to stop. But when I got to DePaul, I was given the opportunity to write about our volleyball team there. And there was actually a girl there who, when I was in high school, was a really big deal. She was playing for one of the rival schools. And I remember she had transferred to DePaul and she started playing there my freshman year. And I just, I fangirled so hard. I was like, oh my God, I got to talk about volleyball and I get to interview you. So it was a really cool first year. Um, But when I got there, I was actually the first person in my family to go to college. And so my dad immediately was like, you have to do your best to be well-rounded. So take advantage of all the opportunities you have there. Try radio, try broadcast, try all these things. (laughs) And me being the shy person that I was, I was like, I don't know, but okay, like we're spending a lot of money trying to, you know, get me through school. So it's, I had to push myself. But yeah, I had to commute the first two years of school. And that wasn't easy. But I I did my best to stay involved with writing for the newspaper. And then it wasn't until my junior year that I got to be part of this radio show with Univision and our College of Communications because they had a really cool partnership. And so we were able to have this show in English and Spanish where they literally let us talk about anything, you know, sports, news, entertainment. So that was really kind of my first taste of, you know, the world outside of, I guess, just print. And then from there, I started to take producing classes, TV classes, where I would do these stand-ups, and I was learning everything about what's involved with TV. And I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. Like, you know, we'll see where we go from here. And so I, it was interesting, too, because I couldn't get like a traditional broadcast internship. And so that was kind of one of the signs that was telling me like, okay, maybe this isn't for me. But I did get a sports marketing internship because I double majored in journalism and public relations and advertising just as a backup if I ever fell out of love with journalism. And so the marketing thing was kind of like, okay, it's not exactly what I want to do, but it, it gets me 
involved in the world of sports somehow. And so I remember we were working with the Chicago Bears and we went out to Lake Forest and I just remember like looking around at everything and, and telling myself like, you know, one of these days, like if I can do it, I'm going to come back here and I'm going to report on the Bears. And sure enough, later into my career, I was able to do that. But it's just oh, funny, awesome. you know, how everything comes full circle. And so my senior year, I applied everywhere, TV jobs, newspaper jobs. And I think deep down, I really wanted that newspaper job just because I didn't know for sure if TV was for me. But sure enough, I got that first TV job and I wanted to do sports from the get-go. But as we all know, at the local level, there aren't a lot of sports positions available. And so I ended up taking a morning live shot reporter position in Marquette, Michigan. I had never heard of the place. I was just telling someone today, I, I had never heard of the place until I applied there and I interviewed there and I went there once and I was like, okay, this seems like an okay place to you know start it. It feels like it could be a good place to jumpstart my career. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. BetOnline continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Where, may I ask really quick, where is Marquette, Michigan? I went to the University of Michigan, huge Michigan fan, but I don't think I know where Marquette, Michigan is. <laughs> So it's way up at the top. It's in the Upper Peninsula in the UP. They okay. call everybody there, they're called Youpers. So I was like, what is the Youper? And so I quickly found out what it's all about. But they're all about hockey there. And so I told, you know, my news director at that time from the very beginning, I said, I want to do sports. Like if there are any opportunities that you guys have for me, let me know. And so I did mostly news, but there were the occasional stories that I was able to cover in the mornings where there were big football games going on or, or hockey games. And so after about a year, I decided to leave and I had enough on my reel to get me that next job that ended up being a full-time sports job in Rockford, Illinois. And I remember when I got off the phone with the news director, I cried and I called my dad. I was like, I can't believe it's ha actually happening. I get to do sports full time. I get to be closer to home. I get to cover my hometown teams. It just, it was a huge blessing. And so I was there for two years and we covered all the high school teams and, and college and all that good stuff. Fred Van Vliet, you know, when he won the championship with the Raptors and of course the Bears, we had a bear show. And then, you know, we had these high school football and basketball shows it was just like trying to constantly be on the go 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 and I remember being exhausted those two years but being feeling so fulfilled because again I had that full-time sports job where it was like this is all I had been praying for and so year two is when the pandemic happened and my contract was coming up and they offered me an extension and I didn't know really what to do. So I talked about it with my family and I was like, I think this is the point where, yes, this crazy thing is happening in the world right now, but I, I'm going to try and take a risk. And so I, you know, didn't accept the extension and I waited about a couple months to get that next job, which ended up being in San Diego. And it's so interesting how when I was in Michigan, it was such a hard transition because 
I had never lived outside of Illinois. I was always, you know, close to family and it was really my first time being away from them. But when I moved to San Diego, I kid you not, I never questioned the move. It was just like, this makes sense. And the last time I was there before I took that job was I, I had to have been like eight years old, I think, because yeah, when I went there, <laughs> I remember I had a bro- like this huge, long like cast I had a broken leg and we were on the beach and um I just remember like loving it like I was young and and my uncle was in the marines back then but I just remember loving you know the weather and just like really good memories and so when I moved there I was like this feels like a second home and that's what it ended up being I was a sports reporter and anchor for um Fox 5 and then from there I ended up being the bilingual team reporter for the San Diego Uh, wave. And that was just, you know, such an incredible experience. So I was there for about a year and a half or so. And yeah, it, it truly ended up being like a second home for me. I made friends that, you know, I still talk to literally every day now being here in Miami. But from the get go, my goal was always to go back home to Chicago to be close to family. And it's funny because when I did start this, you know, career, my parents, they don't really understand the fact that I couldn't start in Chicago. They were like, well, why can't you just get a job here? I was like, that's not really how it works. I wish, but no. So when I was in San Diego, I started working with a new agent. His name is Dean Grossman. He's the best. And I told him, you know, my dream is to work in Chicago. And he found a way to make that happen. And it It was at a time where it was definitely bittersweet because, like I said, I was loving my life in San Diego, but at the same time, like I, I mean, I wanted to go home, you know, that's all I worked for and towards. And so I ended up going home to work for NBC Chicago, Telemundo Chicago and NBC Sports Chicago. And they had created that role for me, but it was freelance. And so I was there for, I think like seven months and The freelance life is not, you know, always easy. And I had trouble trying to pay my bills and I needed that full-time job. And so my agent and I were looking around and he found me this next opportunity, which is where I'm at right now with CBS Miami. And I'm a sports reporter and anchor with them. And they allow me to use my bilingual skills here as well. Obviously being in South Florida and Miami, it's, you know, everywhere you go, you have to speak Spanish. So Um, It definitely Mm -hmm. feels like, you know, this is where I'm supposed to be at in my life. Obviously, when I came here, it was such a crazy time because the Heat and the Panthers just decided to, out of nowhere, play really, really well. And you know how far (laughs) they went. And I was like, this is really my life right now. Okay. And even now, you know, the Marlins with seeing how well they're doing, it's been so much fun. And then obviously trying to... um, you know, just get adjusted to, to everything. I feel like once all the craziness kind of settled down a little bit, it was like, okay, so now I have to go make friends. (laughs) I have to, you know, go find my favorite restaurants and all this stuff. So I've definitely been trying to do that, especially before crazy dolphin season really starts and picks up. And so it's been such an incredible experience already getting to cover all these crazy good teams and everything. But yeah, like I said, this is where I'm supposed to be at in life. And Um, I'm just really grateful to have had all of the experiences that I have had throughout my career. But yeah, it's, it's been a long, crazy journey, I guess you could say. Well, it's, it's funny, because when you think about people moving from place to place, this is true of athletes who get traded, we're, we're recording this on the day of the MLB trade deadline, this is true about free agents, it's true of 
sports reporters who move from city to city to city, there is that part, like you said, of making friends, finding your favorite restaurant, just finding your places. And that's a whole part that people don't always think about. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's funny too, because the one person that I actually knew, technically I knew her through social media, but I swear to you, it felt like we had known each other our entire lives. So her name is Trish Christakis. And I just love it when, you know, girls support other girls, especially in sports. And we had always been each other's, you know, biggest fan on social media. But when we met each other in person for the first time, we literally jumped into each other's arms. It was like, we were so excited to, you know, be together. And so I knew her. But outside of that, it was like, okay, I need to meet new people, but I'm always working. And if I'm not working, I'm trying to catch up on sleep and trying to get my life together. But yeah, it's not always easy. I feel like you really have to make an effort to do that. I feel like obviously when you're younger, it's a little easier to do that. But when you're an adult, it's like, okay, how do I do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not easy. It's a, it's a whole it's a whole other part of it. So you mentioned coming into Florida at a time when the heat were on quite the run, an incredible run. Panthers are on an incredible run. You were covering the Stanley Cup Finals, and I believe it was game two, you will please correct me if I'm wrong, when you were doing a stand-up, a live stand-up, and a Golden, was it a Golden Knights fan? It was a Golden Knights fan, correct? Yes, he had a a Knights jersey. So we're assuming he was a Golden Knights fan. Really (laughs) jumped into your shot, and you stiff-armed him, which was incredible. I mean, it really was like, absolutely incredible but something you and I had talked about before the podcast started and I think it's it's something to keep in mind and it's true also of the the athletes recover you are doing a job so first of all like if an attorney is in the middle of arguing a court case someone isn't going to come jump in the middle of the courtroom in theory and just interrupt them a doctor's doing surgery someone isn't going to just jump in to the room and start making a, a ruckus and you were doing a job so the way you handled it was amazing. And then the other thing too, is that people forget there's like a safety issue. We're out here doing things. People jump in. We don't know what we're going to do. What was kind of going through your mind at that point? And where did you learn to stiff arm like that? Because I think we should all learn to do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, thank you. I, I appreciate the compliment, but yeah, it was such a weird like situation because It was obviously literally minutes after the game ended. And so we were expected to go on live just like that. And so we, you know, go into our designated spot. That's another thing that people don't realize when they're like, well, you should have known, like you were around fans. Like, no, we were in a spot where we were supposed to be, where fans were not supposed to like jump into our space. Right. And so we got into our spot and everything. And I, you know, was looking at my notes and everything, but I could see behind my photographer, there was this guy and it looked like he was talking to some other guys next to him, but then I saw him point at us and I couldn't hear anything obviously. And so, um, you know, but by that point we were already on camera, I was afraid that they were going to take us live or, you know, who knows what would have happened. And so I couldn't, I didn't feel like I could tell my photographer in time. And so all I could do was just keep my eye on him. And so that's what I was trying to do. But when you look back at the video, like, I, I I hate like watching the beginning of it because I knew what was going on in my head. It's like, I was nervous. I didn't know what he was going to do, but I just had a bad feeling. And like mm-hmm. you said, like safety issues, like you don't know what people are capable of. Right. And so I just kept my eye on him. And so I just, I kept talking, whatever. And I don't know if I felt him first, if I heard him first, what it was, but I know 
that I sensed him or I knew that I, I sensed him. And so the second I did, I just reacted. That's all it was. It's just like, I just, my arm just went out and I was like, no, like, in, in, like mentally I was like, this is what I'm focused on right now. And you're not going to mess with it. I, I felt like I was at a point in my career where this is like, the one of the biggest things that you can cover and I'm not going to have somebody try and mess it up like I'm just not and so I did my best to just stay composed and just keep going and I think at that point you know obviously security and my photographer realized what was happening and so they they got rid of him I didn't know like what they did with him where he went whatever I just tried to stay as focused as I could and I just kept going I was like all right so let's you know get into the highlights and it's funny too because um Trish um my coworker, and my friend who I mentioned earlier she told me she was like yeah I was in the control room and I told everybody take video take video <laughs> and I was like how do you guys did like it was it, it worked out like with the timing it was like all right you guys you know took video as soon as I said let's get into the highlights and so yeah after it happened the anxiety that I had was just through the roof like I was nervous I was scared I was mad I think I was more mad than anything because I I was like are you kidding me like like you said, like nobody's going to jump into somebody else's place of work and try to mess them up. And it, it was just like the lack of respect is really what what bothered me. And I had another live shot to do after that. And so I had I did my best to kind of just like, all right, let's calm down, Samantha. Let's, you know, let's go to the next thing that we have to focus on and do what we got to do. Um, but yeah, it, it was just really irritating that somebody thought that, you know, I'm going to try to get my five seconds of fame or whatever. And you know, try to mess with your shot. But yeah, at, at that point, I really didn't know, like he was, he was trying to obviously get on camera, but he was pushing his way towards me. And I was like, I'm not gonna, first of all, you're not gonna mess with my work, but also you're not gonna hurt me. Like, I'm not going to just let you do whatever and then be like, oh, you know, he, he did what he did. No, I'm going to defend myself and make sure that I'm okay. Because clearly you're not, you clearly, you know, you're not thinking straight. So I'm going to do what I need to do to protect myself. And that's that. So that's how it happened. But that's, but that's great. And that's important. And protecting yourself is important. And it's kind of an unusual situation. And I think we've seen shots before, of course, where fans are behind a reporter right. and all of that. And that's one thing, but this was a whole next level. I think you handled it incredibly well and kudos for being so aware of everything that was going on around you. But you said a very important word there and that was respect and to be that disrespectful is just just not cool but you handled it very well thank you so you talked about trish being your friend you guys met through social media so i want to talk a little bit about social media because we live in a world where it's a huge part of our jobs it's a, a lot yes. of what we do it can be great like you said you have somebody that you met that you were friends with on social media and you do oftentimes with those kind of friends on social media you do feel like you know them there are also not such great sides of social media. So how do you balance that? And kind of do you have any tips or ways that you handle the negative stuff and, and just kind of shine it on? Yeah, so I think if I remember correctly, I did this actually my first market. I shut off my social media notifications. And to this day, I don't have them. And I know, you know, sometimes like you need those alerts on to stay on top of things, whatever. But 
I mean, I I go on the apps pretty frequently to the point where I feel like I'm alerted of things when I need to know about them. So that's kind of one of the ways that I think has helped like my mental health where I'm not constantly seeing, you know, things pop up on my phone and it's like, oh my God, okay, I, I need to know this. I need to know, know that. So that has helped a little bit, but also just going to your support group. And I think it's it's easier said than done. Like, you know, don't read all of the ugly, you know, hateful comments because sometimes you have that itch and it's like, okay, wait, what are people saying about me? <laughs> and you, you don't want to, right? But, at, you know, sometimes it's just like, okay, you want to know what people are saying and sometimes you can brush it off. Other times it's like you take it to heart because some people can just be really, really hateful and really mean. It's like, what is like, you, you start to take it personally and you're like, oh my gosh, what if this person is right? What if I do look really bad in that shot? What if, you know, I sounded weird or whatever the case, you know, may be. But at the end of the day, I think it's always important to either remind yourself or have somebody in your support group remind you that whatever that person is saying is a reflection of what's going on with them and their life. It's never about you. It's never as bad as whatever their comment is because, yeah, I think, you know, it, it's easier for people to sit behind a screen and say whatever they want. But, you know, if they saw you in person, nine times out of 10, they would not say that to your face. They wouldn't because they just, you know, they'd be too scared and, and they feel like they have more power behind a screen. So um, yeah, I, again, I think it's just important to remind yourself that people are going to be mean, but at the end of the day, you have that job for a reason. And the people who matter have opinions that say, hey, you know what? You're doing a good job. You have this job and we like what you're doing. If somebody doesn't like it, oh, well, you're not going to please everybody, right? Not everybody's going to like Samantha talking about sports. Like somebody's always going to have a differing opinion. But again, you know, you are doing the best that you can. And as long as you keep your eyes focused on your work, then you're going to be fine. And again, you're there for a reason. So yeah, social media can be an ugly place. But at the same time, I think, you know, if you do your best to stay positive on it, I guess, um, it can, it can um, do a lot of great things too. That is true. And you, you let your work speak for itself. And exactly. you're right, it's a lot easier for someone to say something behind a screen that they would never say in person especially and also they would never even mean in person you know it's just exactly for them to say it behind a screen so as you took us through your journey I was thinking about kind of all the relationships you've made along the way and, and even your relationship with your agent and the different places you've been and I was wondering if you could share some of your tips for building relationships in this industry in a really authentic way yeah absolutely so um I actually got every job in my career by myself because of relationships that I've cultivated throughout my career, you know, just, just from talking to people, it's like, that's, that's how I've got my jobs except for Chicago and Miami. But I think, yeah, as long as you're just genuine, you know, when you meet somebody, don't just hit them up to be like, Hey, do you know of any jobs? Like, do you know who's hiring? It's like, nobody's going to want to help you if that's the only reason you text somebody or call somebody. It's like, at that point, yes, you're just using them. But I think if you are, you know, intentional about getting to know somebody like, hey, how's your family? How's, you know, your husband, your wife, like whatever. But I think 
yeah, it's it's important to try to stay in touch with, you know, your mentors or just other people in the business just to see how they're doing. You know, it doesn't always have to be like, hey, you know, what what have you been up to? Like trying to see what they're doing in their career. Like you don't have to compare. Like, I don't know. I just I think it's always better to make the kind of relationships where it feels like you're real friends with somebody. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, we work in the same industry and we cheer each other on. And because you have that kind of relationship, it's like, I want to see you succeed. So if I see a job that I think fits you, I'm going to let you know, right? That's how it usually works is like, because somebody likes you and and they thought highly of you, they're going to think of you when opportunities open up. But yeah, I think it's important to, to have those kinds of relationships, but they help you with jobs, but also with agents. Like the agent that I have right now, I got that through somebody else in the business who was like, hey, I think you would work really well with this person. I was like, okay. And I think, you know, when you have those recommendations from people that you trust, it's like, okay, I think this is, this, this might be a good fit. But yeah, I think especially when you start out like in in college and people, you know, stress the importance of networking and going to all of these, you know, events and just places where, you know, you can meet other people in the industry. It's so important. You know, right now I'm I've been part of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists and the Society of Professional Journalists since college. And that has been huge just in terms of, again, networking and making those relationships that you know, can help me down the line in, in terms of getting other jobs or things like that, but also just making really cool friends that it's like you get to cheer each other on, you get to be their, mm-hmm. their cheerleader. And it's just so fun when you meet people and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to see you succeed. I want to see you on ESPN. I want to see you on Good Morning America one day. Like that's, it's fun to me, you know, just meeting cool people like that where it's like, wow, I want to learn from you. I want to, um, you know, be the best person that I can. And I feel like when you surround yourself around people like that, it's like, that's a really cool thing, you know? So yeah, it's, it's important, obviously, to make those connections, but just be genuine about it. What is a misstep that you see women making when trying to break into the sports entertainment industry? I would say limiting themselves. Sometimes I think I see people, Mm -hmm. not to say that it's impossible, but when I see people wanting to start in in big cities because they're too scared to go to you know a small market um i understand you know it's not always um you know something that they can afford because yes it is you you need you know money to start out in that first job but um you know i think i see a lot of people who feel like I don't know, they they aren't going to thrive in that first market, in that first small market. And, you know, it's hard to to climb up the ladder and, and eventually get to that big market. Again, not to say that if you do start in a big city, you can't work your way up. Of course you can. Like there, there are tons of stories where people are successful in that way. But at the same time, I think it makes me sad when people are like, oh, well, I just want to stay here. Like I'm, I'm really close to my family. And I'm like, well, I, I'm really close to my family too. Like, trust me, I talk to my parents and my sisters every day. And, you know, it was hard to leave them in that first market. But if you really are serious about this profession, I feel like it's so important to take jobs that, you know, it it takes you out of your comfort zone. And you're like, but I've never been to, you know, XYZ and, and I don't know anybody there. Okay, well, 
it, it's scary. I understand that, but you never know what's going to come out of opportunities like that because you're going to meet so many people. You're going to grow so much as a mm -hmm. professional, as a human being, you know, you learn so much about yourself. And so I feel like a lot of people might not have that belief in themselves at first. And that's where, you know, I just, that's what I mean when I say like, you meet new people and you're like, oh my gosh, I want to cheer you on. I, I want to, you know, just hype you up. That's where I feel like, you know, girls need to really come together and be like, hey, you're scared, but I'm here to tell you that you can do it. You know, mm -hmm. you can definitely go to that small market and you might not know a lot of people, but hey, let's see if we can get you connected with, you know, my friends or, or something like that. Like we can all help each other. And so I feel like a lot of people that might find themselves in that situation, it's like, just try to dig down deep and find that courage that allows you to do the things that scare you. And don't be afraid to be, oh shoot, what's that saying? <laughs> a big fish in a small, no, no, small fish in a big pond. Is that it? That's it. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, just, mm -hmm. I understand fear is such a big thing, but you know, do the best you can and, and trust your gut. Honestly. I love that. And I think of also in terms of limiting yourself, I look back at how you didn't limit yourself when you did the sports marketing internship and how much that helped you. And those are always things to think about as well. You just never know, as you said earlier, where opportunities lead. And that's true of relationships with people and just giving yourself the opportunities. It's like when your dad said to you take advantage of all your opportunities, you just never know where anything leads. hundred percent. So we are coming to one of my favorite parts of the podcast, and that is a day in the life. So you can pick what day you'd like it to be, but would love for you to take us through a day in the life of Samantha Rivera. Yes. Okay. So um, let's go through, I don't know. Um, I feel like every day is so different, obviously, it in this business. Okay, let's go through like a Wednesday. Okay. So I'm typically off like Mondays okay. and Tuesdays. So like um, a Wednesday where I'm typically reporting, um, I usually anchor Fridays, Saturdays, and then Sundays with uh, my co-anchor, Mike Cunio. But um, yeah, a Wednesday, I could report on anything from Dolphins training camp to um, an Inter Miami game where, of course, Messi is mm -hmm. at. Um, but yeah, a lot of exciting things up. in Miami since you got there. My goodness. Yeah, exactly. Boring <laughs> day. But yeah, I usually wake up around like 10 or so. So just depending on what the assignment is. Um, yeah, I wake up at 10. I usually give myself like two hours before I have to like leave wherever just because I do actually live in okay. Fort Lauderdale and then obviously all my stuff is in Miami or outside of it so if it is Dolphins well yeah even if it is so if it's Dolphins training camp it's usually like 30-ish minutes away and then if it's an Inter-Miami game it's like 15 minutes away which is wonderful yes. those are my favorite just because it's so close and I don't have to commute. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah um, so yeah I give myself like about two hours to get up you know, brush my teeth, get ready, put my makeup on, whatever. And then, yeah, I um, drive out. And um, even before that, obviously, like, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and, and do my research, you know, see what I have to, you know, talk about even like the night before, if I have a heads up on what I'm covering, I'll do as much research as I can. Um, and then I'll try to write a little bit if I know exactly, you know, if I'm tossing to sound or, you know, if I have to do a package, 
Um, it just kind of depends. So yeah, if I'm going to like a game, I will, because I'm so close, they're not, the, my sports department is the greatest. So my EP, he's not going to make me drive like an hour out to the station. He'll usually tell me, okay, these are the sound bites that we can pick from. He'll let me pick and then okay. I can write to it. So I'll usually do a live Vosat or if I'm in a show where I have to do a sports cast, I'll write to whatever. And he'll usually like send me, okay, this is the Vosat that you're doing. This is a VO that you're doing. Just like write to it. This is how many times you have to be on, on camera and all that sort of stuff. So he'll send me like a screenshot of the rundown. And so I'll just, okay. you know, write to it as much as I can. And then by the time I'm wherever the assignment is, I'll just keep writing and writing and writing and I'll meet up with my photographer and we'll go over, okay, where are we going to do our live shot? Where are we going to, you know, shoot stuff and, and all that sort of stuff. And then usually because I am vegan, I'll bring food on my own because nine times out of 10, wherever I go, they unfortunately don't have vegan options. It's smart. You got to plan. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, so we'll go over all that good stuff. And then yeah, by the time whatever shows we're in, we go out to where we do the live shot, we go through with it, whatever, we'll watch the game. And then afterwards, depending on which shows we're in again, we'll do a package or we'll do the sports cast. Um, and then we'll usually turn something for the morning show every day too. Um, so yeah, that's, I guess, like my reporter type of day. <laughs> but yeah. that is. And then what, what time usually wrap on a day like that? So let's see. Yeah, it just kind of depends on what time the game start. But yeah, usually because we'll, we'll always be in like the 11, usually live, I would say mm -hmm. probably like 1130-ish. Okay. Um, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're long days, but... I mean, it's not like we're covering like, yeah, I mean, what we do is fun, right? So right. it's it's never like, oh my God, ugh, I have to go cover Messi again, you know? <laughs> so no. Like, oh no. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like there are worse things in life. So if that's my long day, then it's like, all right, cool. Let's do it. Awesome. Thank you, Samantha. That's fun. That's fun to go, to go through the whole thing. I always like people to share because I want our listeners just kind of see what the day looks like and you know, oftentimes people understandably so they turn on TV and they think, oh yeah, she just popped on and there she goes. And there's so much that goes into it. Oh yeah. So I appreciate you sharing that with of us. Of course. So we are now coming to five fun facts, which as our listeners know, but I feel the need to share it every time. But th this is something I started with the 49ers players and they do it on video and they share five things about themselves you wouldn't otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everyone the same five questions and it's been really awesome because it's incredible how we have pretty much different answers every single week. So that's been very cool. So if you are ready, we will go. Yes, I'm ready. All right. Five fun facts with Samantha Rivera. Samantha, what is your favorite moment in sports? I would say recently, definitely just the time in Miami where, you know, or in South Florida rather, where the Panthers and the Heat just decided to, you know, make a, a really fun uh, time for, for fans here, you know, going into the finals and just seeing how crazy the fans got and how everybody rallied together. So that was probably, yeah, I, I would say recently is my favorite time in sports or moment in sports. What is your life motto? Moving forward. I actually have, or I'm sorry, keep moving forward. I actually have a tattoo um, on my right, uh, it's... 
what is this body area? I can't even, it's, it's on my hand. It's on my arm somewhere. And it's in my dad's handwriting. It's a thought that I think is easy to have in your head, but it's different when you see it. My dad's alive, by the way. Everybody always asks like, oh my God, is he dead? No, he's alive. <laughs> I just thought it was cool to have it in his handwriting because he would always tell us, you know, in difficult times in our lives, you know, my sisters and I have two younger sisters, like, if, if you feel like you can't keep going, just remember to keep moving forward. Like that's all you have to do regardless of however hard, you know, something feels like as long as you keep moving forward, you're going to be okay. You're always going to be okay. He's always planted that into our heads. And so it's nice to always look down and, and see that tattoo. Um, but yeah, that's my life motto. I love that. What's your go-to workout? So I've actually been really bad about this lately. My boyfriend will laugh at me, but um, I love leg workouts. I feel like the burn, the burn is really nice. Like it, it hurts, but at the same time, it's like, oh my God, like you feel like, you're doing something right <laughs> if it burns. So definitely any leg workouts I love. And your go-to coffee order. So I don't really drink coffee like that, but I will say when I do, I like anything with caramel in it. I'm obsessed with caramel. Oh, fair. Caramel's delicious. Yes. At Starbucks, my favorite is a caramel macchiato. Yes, that's, that's so good. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. So I really like The Defining Decade. That was a book that I actually read in college. Um, I will admit, I'm not the biggest reader, um, but I will always remember that book just because it was obviously assigned to us. But I just remember reading it and finishing it and feeling like, oh my gosh, that was a really good book that kind of made me think about everything that, you know, I'm doing in my adult life at that time, but also other things that I should try. So I feel like it's always a good book for everyone to read. Fantastic. Samantha, thank you so much. This has been super fun talking to you. Will you please let everybody know where they can find you? Yes, absolutely. You can find me on Instagram at Samantha Rivera TV. Um, and then on Twitter at J Samantha Rivera. Yeah, that's it. I, I was thinking like, is there a TV at the end? No, it's just J Samantha Rivera. So yeah, you can find me on there. And then on Facebook as well, um, at Samantha Rivera TV. Fantastic. You guys, if you like what you heard, and I know you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a lovely positive review. We are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find us on Twitter at Fangirl Sports, on Instagram at Fangirl Sports Network. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.